Welcome to the Musician's Venture Podcast. This is a podcast focused on lessons learned via the musician's backstory, as well as building successful careers in the business. My name is Allison M., and I'll be interviewing artists and industry experts and offering insights based on events Wisconsin Music Ventures has produced. Let's get down to business. Today, I have here with me Christopher Ashburn, and he's a musician and singer-songwriter and co-founder of the Rainy Day Music Collective. So thanks for being here, Chris. Christopher, I should say. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so I'd love for you to just tell me, uh, first of all, about, uh, about yourself as a musician. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've been playing music uh, in some capacity or another for as long as I can remember. Um, I started playing just around, you know, high school bands and things like that when I was younger. And that kind of progressed into something that I pursued uh, a little more seriously after, um, you know, after I had uh, gone to college for a while. I spent some time traveling around uh, with a few different bands um, and uh, really while I did that, I found that I had a real love for things like booking and marketing and kind of the side that you don't really see when you just see someone play a show. And uh, getting involved in that really helped me not only, you know, with my own musical ventures, but friends around the area and you start to network with other musicians and um, it becomes a useful tool. And so fast forward when I moved to Wisconsin, um, I, I wasn't playing with an outfit. I wasn't playing with any sort of band, just trying to uh, find shows on my own. And um, from that is what kind of sparked the Rainy Day Music Collective and, and getting the group that we have together now. So. Yeah. And where are you from originally? Originally, I'm from Chicago. Um, I, was, I was born and raised there, and uh, my family moved to the Upper Peninsula, Michigan. And so I lived in the UP for a while as well. Um, after I got a little older, I moved back to Chicago and kind of did some bouncing around in different places. And I kind of landed in Wisconsin by chance, but uh, fell in love with it here. I always call it my lukewarm porridge. It's uh, <laughs> not as busy as the city and it's not as desolate as as the Upper Peninsula. So it's perfect for me. What part of Wisconsin are you currently in? Uh, right now I live in Schofield, right outside of Wausau. So central Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Right in between. Well, how far away is that from Chicago? From Chicago, it's still a good probably like four hours, I want to say, uh, maybe three and a half, depending on how fast you drive. Um, but it's it's Fair not too bad at all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. And uh, so tell us about uh, the instruments that you've played along the way and, and what you play as a musician. Yeah. So the first instrument that I ever played um, was piano. I picked that up when I was a child and I did piano lessons for a while. And, um, you know, I think when I got to a certain age, uh, I, I hit puberty and was embarrassed by everything. Piano being one of those things, you know, and so I kind of fell off of the piano and I played um, I played the cooler instruments that I could find. <laughs> I tried to pick right. up the guitar and the drums and stuff like that. And I kind of found that, um, you know, I'm not an expert on any instrument, but I found that I'm passable on on pretty much any instrument that I can pick up. So I pride myself on being able to play a lot of different things um, and uh, and uh, improv on different instruments. And that's really where I like to shine. Great. So when you're playing out as a musician currently, what are you doing? 
Uh, right now I'm playing a lot more. So I fell, fallen back into piano and I've started picking up the keys more and more. So, um, I've been experimenting with a lot of songwriting back on the, back on the piano. So I've been playing that a lot more. Um, and that actually has become in the last probably like year or two more, my primary instrument that I like to clunk around on. Um, so yeah, that's been really exciting getting back into it and kind of finding my creativity back on, back on that instrument. What kind of uh, keyboard do you, do you take along with you? Um, I just have a Casio, um, just a, it's honestly a pretty cheap WK245, but it's always suited me well. Um, and, uh, I've always been a firm believer that you don't need expensive equipment to make great music. So fair enough. Yeah. Good answer. Uh, what, what style of music would you consider yourself to play in? Yeah. So I definitely, um, think that with my newest release, I've kind of hit more of a, um, more of a pop genre, I'd like to say. So, um, it's, it's lo-fi garage pop. I would maybe describe it somewhere around there where in the past I've played, you know, a little bit closer to straight rock and roll. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, um, and you're, it's all original music. Yeah. All original music. Yeah. Yep. Did you ever at one point in your career do covers? Yes, absolutely. So <laughs> definitely uh, I spent a good chunk of my time when I was a teenager playing in uh, bar bands and playing like I was in, this is embarrassing to say, I hate the name of this band. <laughs> I was in a band when I was like 16 or 17 years old and they were called Thrust and they were just like a ridiculous 80s hair metal band um and sounds uh, amazing yeah it was it was i mean we got the party started that is a certainty uh, but <laughs> looking back on it song choice maybe not the best we didn't have the best song choices yeah what were some of the classics that you played oh man so <clears throat> i'm trying to think now we played yes yeah, you're putting me on the spot i have to recite a set list <laughs> Um, no. Yeah. So we played, um, I remember playing, uh, Jesse's girl was one of my favorites that we, that we played. We played, um, a lot of white snake songs. We had one member of our band that was a huge fan of white snake and I really don't know any of their music. So I played rhythm guitar for them and I was kind of just sitting in the background. A lot of the time I sang on some songs that I knew, but not, not many at all. Um, but I remember playing a lot of white snake and not really knowing the names of any of the songs, just kind of learning the power chords and being like, I can muscle my way through this because I know there's a paycheck at the end of the night. And, you know, I just kept telling myself that musicians are cool. Musicians are cool. This is going to be great. <laughs> great. And at what point did you, uh, decide that you were going to transition over to your own music? Yeah. So I think I always kind of like you know, I have notebooks upon notebooks from when I was, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, all the way up until now where I've always kind of written music, but I've never, never released music until recently. And, um, I really don't have a good reason why it's just something that I never did. You know, I played with a lot of cover bands and then I started playing with original bands where I would write my own music and we'd perform, but we never really released music. We never recorded or did anything that was tangible. And at the time, you know, I was, I would say young and dumb. I just didn't know the value of having something like that, that you can give to someone, you know? And, um, so uh, probably about two years ago is when I started really focusing on writing things that I wanted to set in stone and that I wanted to produce and release and, uh, had a lot of help along the way, a ton of help and guidance along the way. And, um, came out with my first release, actually my first official release under the project that I have now Barker's was at the beginning of 2020 
right before the pandemic hit. And um, I've released three, three small releases since then. And then the release that um, I have on now, Peace is Gigantic. Okay, that's great. And when you say you had help along the way, um, do you mean like mentors or um, just teachers that you worked with? Yeah, yeah, both, both. Absolutely. I had friends that were definitely more experienced than I was um, that um, have put out releases. And, you know, I was probably that annoying kid that was tugging on their shirt saying, hey, answer this question for me. Hey, answer this question for me. And um, people were just great. I think that, you know, especially in when you get into a a tighter knit music scene in a smaller community, I think that people really like to see people succeed. And so if you have questions, I think so many people are just happy to share that knowledge and show you what they know. And so I had a lot of help just from friends uh, around the area and then just reaching out. I call it cold calling, reaching out and just talking to people and saying, hey, you know, I see that you've had success in the business. Any advice that you can give me? And same thing. I think that, you know, on a general level, people are just good in the sense that they want to share knowledge. That's great. I don't think I don't see a lot of musicians typically doing something like that um it seems like something that you seem to have a knack for maybe that other people don't um would you say that i don't know i mean i definitely have experience doing um you know like uh, talking to strangers in my day job i still you know <laughs> I, I i worked in a couple positions where i was doing sales and things like that so i'd like to think that that maybe helps me with networking uh which again sure. is something when i was younger I had no idea the value of it. And now, I mean, it's such a useful tool to be able to walk up to someone and say, Hey, you're great. I see you're great. Please share that experience with me. And people, people want to share that knowledge and it just helps make connections. So. Yeah, that's great. Um, I definitely, I'm a big proponent of networking myself and, um, and you know, that's something that we're always trying to do is, is offer more opportunities for that as well. So I'm very curious about how, how you've um, done that. So, um, I mean, are there are there outlets for that in your area for musicians to kind of um, to do that on their own or, or to do that together? Or is it something that's more of a um, you're on your own to kind of to, to work your own network kind of system? Yeah. So I definitely think now living in central Wisconsin for a while and kind of finding where those places are, there's a lot of resources that are just either underutilized or untapped in central Wisconsin. So there's a ton of places for musicians to get together. And a lot of the time when I've gone there, I've seen that it's usually the same group of people over and over again. It's the same people that went to high school together and they grew up together. And so they have a really tight knit, supportive music scene um, all over around here, whether it be, um, you know, local musicians playing their originals in a bar or whether it's a dedicated venue. They had, um, for a long time, they were running the downtown Friday night series in central Wisconsin in Marshfield and just a great place for musicians to go and just get to know other musicians. So there's a lot of opportunity here. Definitely. I'd like to think for, um, for musicians to kind of get out there and make connections. Yeah. And it, do you think it's um, sort of your interest and in maybe your, your skills with networking that sort of um, brought you into putting the Rainy Day Collective together? It's definitely what's made it grow to the size <laughs> that it is now. I mean, that wasn't the idea when we started the group. I, as selfish as it sounds, when we started the group, the idea was for, for me to get shows. That's why I did it, because I was having trouble booking shows as a solo musician. And so I, I, you know, it's, it's common knowledge, there's power in numbers. When we can get four people to play together, it's going to be a lot easier to, to book a show with four of us than, than one of us. 
And so initially that was the idea. And it was just me and a few of my friends that did that. And eventually people saw that and started asking to book shows with us. And, and then we had, you know, eight members and then 10 and then 15. And now, now we have 40 members that are all functioning and they're out there trying to get shows and connecting with one another and helping to grow the group. And so I think that, you know, networking has become such a big part of that, um, that I don't think I would have been able to, to help grow the group to the size it is without, without knowing that skill set. Yeah, that's great. And so I kind of went right into uh, the collective there, but it, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit more about exactly what it is. Uh, you, you described it just a little bit there, but how would you define the rainy day collective? Yeah. So it's so interesting. I mean, now I see that we're in more of an evolutionary stage, so it's, it's hard to say because what right. we're going to be three months from now, isn't going to be what we are now. Ah. Um, but uh, really, at our core, what we are is just a, a collective of, of musicians that, that you know, it's an organization that's put together to, to provide resources in whatever shape that takes or whatever form that comes in, whether it's, you know, helping with booking people at shows or just providing um, helpful tips or making those connections with venues, anything that we can do to provide value to musicians in the area and help to kind of create a sustainable music scene in central Wisconsin. And so you focus on the central Wisconsin area or uh, what other parts? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the majority of the lion's share of our members are definitely in central Wisconsin, but we have started to branch out more recently. So we do have members in uh, Michigan. We have members in La Crosse. We have members in Green Bay, um, you know, Fox Valley area. We have members down in Madison. Um, so we have a good spread of members all over Wisconsin and, and a couple outside of Wisconsin. We have a couple of Illinois members and uh, like I said, a couple Michigan members, but really our heart is in central Wisconsin because that's where the group started and, and that's where the majority of our members fall. Mm-hmm. And when you say members, what does it mean to be a member? Yeah, so that's definitely <laughs> one of the things that, um, you know, we're in the process of shaping currently. Um, you know, when when we started the group and we decided, hey, this is going to be a thing that people can reach out to us and, and join um, we knew that there had to be some substance or some sort of um, give and take, you know. Um, and so I think that right now, the biggest thing that we ask from our members is just to grow the group. So one of the requirements we have for our members is, you know, if you are admitted to the group, um, you have to try and book shows for the group in your area. So when we book those members in lacrosse, now we have connections and we're growing in lacrosse and we're getting our people who maybe don't have as big of a name in that area out to that area to kind of grow their, uh, grow their base. And so, so far that's been working really well. Um, and like I said, I mean, every day we're looking at different ways that we can provide value and different ways that we can grow for our members and provide more value to them. And so I think that with that also comes along more responsibility, um, not only from us and from our, you know, our board, but from the members themselves too. So I think that we're constantly putting new things together and that's kind of, uh, an ever changing shape. Yeah. Yeah. And you have, um, so you have a vetting system then for the members as well. So not everyone. Yes. It's not just anyone, unfortunately, that'd be really great. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think that we have to find certain people that meet certain criteria. And so, um, you know, that criteria is, is pretty general. Nobody has to be an expert. We have, you know, people in all skill sets. And like I said, from all different areas. Um, But we really do focus on someone that's going to fit the group and someone that's going to work for the group. 
And and you stick with uh, original music as well. Yeah, generally all original music is what we go for. Yeah, and that's not to say that you know somebody doesn't slip a cover in here and there, but <laughs> but their their main uh, their main music is is originals. It's so. all original. Yeah, yeah. they're all. You know. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And then you have. I remember when we first talked about this. I was really fascinated. You have different sort of um, tiers of members. So you have anything from like the beginning uh, artists, or not necessarily beginning, but they just they're getting used to playing out a little bit more. Uh, maybe better openers for the for the series um, for the set, um, and then to to the headliners. So can you tell me more about how that works with your organization? Yeah, absolutely. So we definitely have um, people contributing in ways that aren't, um, you know, necessarily, you know, they're not necessarily relying on us for shows. They're contributing in other ways, whether it be through marketing, things like that. So we have our more self-sufficient artists um, who, you know, they're, they're out there doing their thing. They're working musicians. They're, you know, maybe were touring before everything happened with, uh, with the pandemic. Um, and they're not really relying on the group, but they love what we do and they're members and, uh, provide their support in any way we can. Um, then we have our beginner members, um, who, you know, like you said, maybe they're, they're not as seasoned, maybe they're getting on stage, um, you know, uh, not for the first time generally, um, but not, not as often. They're not as, they're not as, uh, road worn as some of our, some of our veterans, and uh, they they rely on us for those things. They rely on us for shows, and they rely on us a lot for marketing because they don't have their name out there. Um, and so those are more of the people we see going out and learning from more of our seasoned members about how to book shows and um, how to make those contacts. And what we usually see, what we've been seeing over time is those beginners, once they get those connections, they're excited to go out and they're excited to book and they're excited to gain that experience. And then again, contribute back to the group. So we're seeing those people go out and not only, you know, um, get resources, but also they're excited about going out and providing more resources for the group and, and, you know, whether it be paying back a show swap or whether it be, you know, just um, finding any way to contribute to the next person that's joining in and at that beginner level. So it's a great way to progress if you're a musician as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm really impressed by, it. I really love the concept. It's like a musician apprenticeship sort of program where, I mean, it's, it's, um, I, you're just learning from the person ahead of you constantly and you, and then uh, available to teach the next in line. It's just, yeah, it's really smart. Right. Um, yeah. The thing we really like to say is we really like to see the person who's maybe playing their, you know, their first year of shows today, hopefully, you know, headlining three years from now at festivals, uh, and playing, you know, more, more of those bigger shows. Yeah. And the more people you're around who, who are successful in that realm, um, the more you're, uh, yeah, the more you're likely to succeed. So, uh, absolutely. I, I just really like this concept a lot. So yeah, kudos to you for doing that. How many, uh, musicians do you have involved in this program currently? Yeah. So right now we have about 40 members. We do have a, we have a board of about six members and they've usually, you know, they're, they're, most of them are founding members. They were with us from the beginning and, um, they have most say in kind of the direction of the group. Um, but yeah, as far as contributing members, we have, we have about 40 now. Wow, that's great. And you have a board. So tell me how the board works. I'm so curious. A board of musicians. That's just (laughs) such a fancy nickname for just like five or six guys that try to figure out what's going on all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so really, um, 
we meet on a periodic basis and we're discussing things like you said, new ways that we can plan to provide more resource and ways that we can help grow the group, whether that be, um, you know, through, uh, monetization or through different revenue streams. Um, you know, we have, uh, roles delegated. So we have someone that takes care of our, takes care of our social media. We have someone that, um, takes care of most of our, um, booking on a general level. And like I said, we ask that we ask that everyone tries to book, but especially when you're dealing with people who maybe don't have as much experience in that, you kind of need a wheel to constantly turn. So we do have someone always looking at, you know, different opportunities in the area for our beginners to get them set up and, and get them going and kind of give them that motivation to start them off. So That's great. And um, so how, how long have you been doing this again? Uh, this has been, it's just over a year now. So we actually, uh, have not been around for too long, um, and grew a lot faster than we thought we would. Um, ah. and so, like I said, we're still figuring a lot of things out, but, uh, like to think that we have a really good core mission and that, you know, with the, with the right people that we have right now, I mean, I, I think that we're just going to continue to grow. So. That's great. Congratulations on such quick growth. Um, Thank you. Yeah, that it must be. It must mean that you're doing something right for sure. Yeah, um, I hope so. <laughs> absolutely. And uh, so, how have you found um, the 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 venue promoters and and the bookers? Like, how how has their response been to this? Yeah, so I think people love it. As far as from um, you know booking standpoint, I think venues are excited to definitely get a variety. Um, and it started out really with us having you know filling in those Wednesday Thursday holes, things like that, uh-huh. and doing it at a discount and trying to just get our name out there. But we've seen more now that we've been asked to um, you know fill those Saturday nights and and get some of our bigger artists out there and draw a crowd, and it's been working great. So. Interesting. Have you come up with any struggles along the way? Yeah, I mean, definitely. <laughs> we're in the middle of the biggest struggle right now. Well, yes, aren't we all? Yeah, but yeah. yeah how is that? How has uh, so currently? I mean, if anyone is listening to, this, to the podcast much later and the, and the pandemic is over, which I you know hope to God it is over soon, but uh, <laughs> we're you know it is November twenty twenty. Uh, so yes, we're in the, in the middle of the pandemic, COVID-19. So how has that affected your organization? Yeah. So it's, it, at, at first it definitely took a lot of the wind out of our sails because nobody knew how to react. And all of a sudden nobody was booking shows anymore. And we had people who were full-time musicians and now they were completely without any revenue, completely without any income. And we didn't really know what to do at first. Uh, but I think from that, you know, the blessing that came out of all of this is we all got a lot more creative and we all got to put our heads together and say, okay, well, we have a couple of choices. We can stop and completely dissolve what we're doing and kill the momentum that we've had, or we can think of new safe ways to get out there and provide entertainment. And I think that, you know, we've really seen some some people step up and shine in our group as far as saying, you know, I'm not ready to give up and I'm, I'm not ready to drop what we're doing just yet. So I think that, you know, all in all, it's been it's been such an amazing experience. I don't want to say it's been fantastic because obviously, <laughs> you know, we'd, we'd rather be out there playing shows. We love getting out there and playing, but um, just such an amazing experience to see how people have come together in, you know, such a such a crazy time and such an uncertain time. 
time and really come up with new and exciting ways. And you see it all over. You see the podcast and the streams and you see, I love what you guys are doing absolutely through all of this is, is amazing that you're still working at getting, getting people out there and, and, you know, getting that recognition to, to artists. Um, but I think it's a great testament to just how creative we can be when, when we need to. Yeah. The time for creatives to get very creative, yeah. <laughs> as I've been saying. So, yeah, um, no, that's great to hear. So, um, and beyond that, what are some of the the biggest lessons that you've learned just is informing this organization? Yeah, so um, definitely, I think that um, a couple things that I've learned along the way is to uh, delegate. Uh, that's something that I've, I've learned to trust a lot more because I think that when I first started, this is my baby and and granted, you know, we started as a small group, but, um, you know, I ran all the socials. I did all of the booking that I could. I was doing all of the, the cold calls and reaching out to people to try and get us recognized. And, and I didn't want to give anything up and because I, I knew how I wanted it. And I had this vision in my mind of what I needed. And I said, well, maybe these people don't know what I, what I need to have. And, um, just been such a great lesson on learning to trust people and, you know, giving them jobs and watching them completely flourish in this role has been really, really amazing to do. So that's, that's probably been the biggest lesson right there is just uh, learning to learning to delegate. And like I said, trust people with, with the work. So that's a, that's a really important lesson. And I'm really glad you brought that up because I definitely think so many musicians in general um, want to do everything for themselves and, um, and think they have the capacity for that, which maybe they do, (laughs) maybe some of them do, but I think when you learn what your real strengths and weaknesses are, and you have people around who can assist you with the the things that you are not the strongest at, um, you can actually really get a lot further faster. Um, so I, yeah, that word delegation is, is a great word. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that. I think if you have the right team doing the right things, um, you'll go a lot further than trying to burn yourself out. And like you said, maybe struggle in areas that you're not the greatest. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it takes some self-awareness for sure, but, um, it can certainly expedite your work (laughs) as well. So Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, what are, um, what would, what advice would you give to those working musicians right now or looking to be musicians right now, I should say? Yeah. Um, gosh, that's, that's really the question. Uh, um, I would say definitely don't give up. I feel like a lot, like I said, a lot of people have maybe the wind taken out of their sails right now because it is extra super hard to get out there when you're a musician and make money right now, especially if you're just starting out. Um, but if it's something that you love and it's something that you're passionate about, uh, keep doing it um, because everything's temporary. So that would be it. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Good. And do you have a favorite gig that you've played along the way uh, as a collective? Yeah, as a collective, absolutely. The last show that we played was 100% my favorite show. Really? Um, yeah, we played at the Whitewater Music Hall, and it was fantastic. It's a place here in Wausau, a great local place, and uh, really supportive of musicians. And they have anything from you know their small uh, Wednesday, Thursdays to their larger headliners. They have some great acts that come through there. And we were fortunate enough to play 
outside and uh, had a fantastic crowd even in the rain and just a great turnout people danced and they sang and and it was just fantastic and i think that um especially you know during all of this when you have to stick to outdoor shows and you have to be socially distanced and and people are so wary of you know what's safe and what's not safe it was so good to see a, a solid safe environment that people were just still having a fantastic time in it's one of those things that just gives you hope you know yeah yeah for sure no that's great to hear um and how long ago was that uh it wasn't too long ago it was in i want to say early september if i'm not mistaken maybe late september i i'm so sorry i've been i didn't play the show myself i was just there helping promote it i want to say it was in uh it was in late september so how many shows do you perform in yourself versus promote and just kind of be a part of yeah, now I definitely um, have seen myself kind of stepping back and kind of taking more of an administrative role. Um, so whereas I played every show for the first, I don't know, three, four months um, and, um, you know, would would show up with the PA set up, um, announce the whole time, um, try and network while I was there, play my set, you know, take down at the end of the night, talk to the owner, try and set up another show and then leave um, now I'm definitely doing a lot more backend stuff. Um, we've gotten a little more organized, um, to the point where really I'm just watching people play now, which I have found that I enjoy a lot more than I thought I would. That was another, <laughs> I think, lesson I learned was taking a step back from the stage. And, you know, it's a good lesson in, you know, taking pride in the fact that it's not all about just me and maybe it's really <laughs> cool to see someone else succeed. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. Um, and especially in a collective organization, it has to be, has to be that way. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'd like yeah. to think that a lot of our members have really gotten that over time. We have had so many members that when they, they got in, they see a resource and they go, oh, you know, I can get shows and I can get recognition. And they really don't think a lot about what I can give back to the group. But we see that change so quick when people come in and they, they see the vibe that we're giving off and kind of the way that people handle themselves within the group and what they give back. They, they just want to mimic that. And I think you said it really well before when you said, you know, people see other successful people and they want to be successful. Success breeds success. So. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when it's right there in front of them, they can, right. you know, it's so tangible when it's right next to them. So yeah, the, the energy is, Yeah. It's right there. So I love that. Um, do you, as far as um, your collective, do you uh, keep any, any sort of consideration in mind with like the, the different genres of music? Do you try and balance that or uh, yeah. How does that work? Yeah. So we definitely try to adhere to what we think is going to be best for the show. So if we have um, a spot where we think a country artist is going to be fantastic, or if we have a, um, a rapper that we think is going to be great for the show, then that's obviously where we're going to gear towards. But as far as if we're having, say, a singer-songwriter showcase, we definitely like to mix it up a little bit because we find that we have a little more success with that. If you have four of the same artists and that's just not your crowd that night, well, then you're going to have four repeats of that not being your crowd that night. So I think that, you know, kind of mixing it up a little bit and getting some variety in there, not only do people really like that, but maybe someone who wasn't enjoying the show an hour ago is really going to take notice when the next person gets up and starts playing. Smart. So, but as far as uh, bringing in musicians into the collective, you really work with any genre. Oh, yeah. We try to work with everybody. Yeah. We don't, there's no one that we say like, we're not going to, let you join because you play this kind of music no 
Yeah, yeah, that's great. What is some of the craziest music that you can think of that you have as a part? Maybe not crazy, maybe that's not, not the best word. But, I will know. say right now that the most unique musician we have is definitely Anthony Lux. Um, he, uh, he works as a, uh, he used to work as a lounge musician on a cruise ship. So he plays piano and he is definitely just, uh, just an Elton John reincarnate. So I feel like not that, not that Elton John has passed away or anything, but (laughs) (laughs) he's, he's exactly like him in every way, shape or form. He's just the essence of piano rock and roll. Um, the way he dresses, the way he acts, the way he plays and sings is just phenomenal. The energy he brings is really great, but it's not usually something that you see as far as when you're going to a songwriter collective show or a songwriter showcase. So it's really sure. interesting to see him hauling out his baby grand piano out of the back of his crossover and dragging it up onto the stage and getting set up and really putting wow. on this whole production. So. Does, he, does he look similarly to uh, Elton John or does he... He dresses similarly. <laughs> really? <laughs> that yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah, I love it. I love yeah. the versatility um, that, that your collective represents. So that's great. Thank you. Um, and, and where can we find out information on the Rainy Day Collective? Yeah, so there's a couple different places you can find us. Um, we have our Facebook page. That's the easiest place. Just search Rainy Day Music Collective, and it'll bring you right to us. I'm pretty sure we're the only one. Um, <laughs> and then we also have our Spotify page that just got up and running. We do have um, uh, a lot of our featured artists on there from our from our collective, so you can hear a lot of their recorded music there. Okay, got it. Um, and then I was act- I actually meant to ask this earlier. How do you um, communicate just as an organization? How like how is that structured? Yeah, so we found that electronically is definitely the most efficient way to communicate. It's especially now, you know, it, it, even before the pandemic, it was hard to get forty people in a room together. So um, schedule wise, we just operate off of a, a private Facebook group. Uh, that we allow our members to join and, and we can post through there. And then as far as the board, we have our own periodic meetings, you know, when things need to be brought up, um, you know, we can meet through zoom or, you know, phone calls or whatever. Yeah, got it. Got it. So Facebook is a good resource for you for that. That's yeah, awesome. absolutely. It's been yeah, yeah, invaluable. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And, um, as far as the rainy, rainy day music collective collective goes, those are all of the questions that I really had at this time. Are, are, is there anything else that I'm missing that you would like to tell us about regarding the collective? No, I think that, um, yeah, just, I'd like to just reiterate the mission and, you know, we're getting out there and we're trying to find, um, you know, other like-minded musicians. So if there's other people out there and you think you'd be a good fit, definitely reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. If you're interested in finding out more about what we're doing, definitely reach out to us. Um, and other than that, no, absolutely not. I appreciate all the questions you did ask. And reach out through the Facebook page. Yeah, you can you can get a hold of us right on the Facebook page. You can message us there, um, and that's probably the best way just to get directly to us. Otherwise, come to come to uh, you know a show when we start having them again, or if we get some safe environment shows set up, definitely stop by and see us, or um, you know reach out to us on a live stream. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. Um, and then because you are the creator or one of the original creators of the rainy day music collective. So, uh, you, Christopher Ashburn are allowed to be the one representing them with your music. So (laughs) I asked you to submit a a piece of your music, uh, to be played, 
uh, along with this podcast. So what can you tell us a little bit about the Tempered Blues, which you submitted? Yeah, no pressure. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Tempered Blues is the single from my latest release. I talked about that a little before. It's called Pieces Gigantic. That came out just in September. And uh, it's a six-track collection of songs. Um, and uh, I'd like to think that um, hopefully it has something for everybody. I worked really hard on it, and I'm really proud of it. Um, so the song Tempered Blues specifically is um, its uh, probably one of my favorite songs off the album. And it's just a song about uh, being frustrated and feeling invisible. We'll take a listen to it now. So. Thank you so much for uh, being a part of this podcast today and and congratulations on all the work you're doing in central Wisconsin and beyond now. And, um, you know, getting this great collective going, especially at a time where we definitely need people working together uh, more than anything. So um, keep up the great work. All right. Thanks so much. Today's featured patrons are Mike and Kay Collins of Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. They were some of our very early patrons who are not even members of my family. So thanks again for all the support, Mike and Kay. We appreciate you. Do you ever feel like riding home for nothing? Do you ever really know what's going on? I spent decades telling lies and bluffing Till 25 years of my life was gone The only thing that I can say about it When I think about it Is what a bad time Now I tremble when the phone rings Every call on every dime can't stand the thought of talking to whoever's on the line. The only thing that I can say about it when I think about it is what a bad time. Does anybody even notice when I'm ripping out out below me and I'm tumbling through the air have you ever had a breakdown quite like mine the tempered blues it's wicked stuff Anybody even
Musicians Venture Podcast is hosted by Allison M., recorded at Podcast Town in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, produced by Shannon Coulard, with theme music written and performed by Mike Neumeyer. Thanks again.